The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome on in. It's another edition of First and 12 right here, 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone and KSL News Radio. Thanks for being with us on a Sunday. Oh, my goodness. First week of BYU in the Big 12. And uh, you know what? Could have gone either way. But they take the loss instead. 38 27 is the uh, final there in Lawrence yesterday. And my goodness, we've got a ton to get through. And it's not just the BYU results, it's everything else across the Big 12. That's what we do on this one. And of course, always joining me, he is Mitch Harper, live in Lawrence, Kansas. What's going on, Mitch? Oh, you know, Alex, it was good to experience Big 12 football in person for the first time. And, you know, I got to say, the the folks in Lawrence, they, they were nice, but I think there was also this feeling of, what do we do with you, BYU fans? Do, you, do, you, do we invite you to the tailgate? Do you, tailgate? Do you not? What, what do we do with you? It was kind of this awkward filling out process, and the uh, awkwardness kind of carried over, unfortunately, for BYU's football team onto the field as – as you know, Kansas get, gets a, a big win. We'll get to that, I'm sure, and we'll get to obviously all the the headlines and big stories in the Big Twelve Conference and an eventful Week Four as conference play ramped up. So I'm excited. Let's just jump in right here, and it is of course kicking everything off with our Big Twelve headlines. Everything one to twelve in the Big Twelve. Let's do it. Twelve headlines. The dozen storylines that shape this week of Big Twelve football. Headline one. All right, Mitch, you were there. Kansas racks up 221 yards on the ground as they end up rolling through BYU. And it wasn't just the 221 yards, it was really that second half. Mm-hmm. BYU goes into the break with the lead. And then as soon as a couple guys, key dudes, start missing on the defense, as soon as those Kansas backs were getting into that second level, uh, especially in those last couple drives, it seemed to be a little bit easier, especially with those twos and threes in. There's a little bit of an injury issue right now on that BYU defense. BYU's depth is definitely going to be tested, that's for sure. And and they gave up you know, two touchdowns to the Kansas defense, the BYU offense did, and you had that uh, you know, fumble recovery scoop and score by Kobe Bryant, who... One of the better DBs in the Big 12. I thought he had one of his best performances oh, yeah. as a Jayhawk. And then Kenny Logan Jr. picked off Keaton Slovis in the third quarter. BYU, they missed an opportunity, Alex. They had a chance to really make a statement in, in the Big 12 Conference because had they got that game, they could have you know, gotten a little bit of a run in the league. But uh, missed opportunity against a more talented, deeper, faster Kansas team, which... I don't think we would have used those terms a couple years ago about this program, but it definitely applied on Saturday. Yeah, they wouldn't have used that term either uh, on this one. Headline number two, BYU, part of that loss, of course, were the two touchdowns that they gave up to the defense of Kansas. It wasn't just that blast of a shot to to Parker Kingston. It was also the pick six, and you just cannot win games when you give up two defensive touchdowns. It's, it's nearly impossible. You know, BYU's been priding itself on Taking care of the football and and avoiding those sort of costly penalty or costly mistakes and and it sunk them on on Saturday in Lawrence. Headline number three though, we'll get more to BYU and Kansas coming up a little bit later this hour. Headline number three: Oklahoma they spoiled Cincinnati's Big Twelve home debut. The Sooners they get a win twenty to six and 
defense kind of wins the day for for the OU. Yeah, you know, and I think interestingly enough, it looked like it, it was a it was a good game. Cincinnati getting their best shot. They're there at the nip in Cincinnati, and it was it was a nice atmosphere. And you can kind of see the welcoming of the new teams to the Big Twelve so far. Uh, not going great for the newbies of the conference. And so uh, everybody waiting for those four teams to kind of break through. And uh, today was not the day for any of them to be able to do it. Headline number four, Cincinnati was without, without defensive standout Deshaun Price. He anchors that star position. He got suspended for a team violation. Expected to be back for BYU next Friday. But that was a big loss for the Bearcats as they tried to slow down this high-powered off Oklahoma attack. They did pretty well. I mean, Dylan Gabriel had 323 passing yards, but to hold him to only 20 points compared to what Oklahoma's been putting out, that I thought that was a pretty respectable showing from Cincinnati. And Scott Satterfield, even in the postgame, said that you know they're not too far away. So they feel like they're coming out of this game kind of like a moral victory in a way where they were a lot more competitive than people maybe thought. Yeah, and of course, BYU fans keeping an eye on that one because Cincinnati comes into Provo on a short week on Friday. The big one down in Texas, of course, was in Waco. Headline uh, next that we have here for you is Texas defeating Baylor. And I'm going to say beat the pants off of Baylor because it's also a home game for Baylor. Dave Aranda's Baylor Bears do not look good right now. They do not. I mean, Texas wins 38-6, to and it wasn't competitive. Alex Baylor gets shut out in the second half. They, they didn't put up any fight, which is interesting because there was a lot of feeling maybe the – the wise guys that felt Baylor could be a bit of a spoiler this week yeah. and no no chance. And, you know, I think this is another example of Texas looking like this is not your typical Texas team that blows a game that they're not you're not expecting them to. Nice bounce back after that underwhelming showing against Wyoming last week. Quinn Ewers, big plays. I mean, it, this this Texas team is is rolling, and I just don't see anyone slowing them down anytime soon. Speaking of uh, other teams that are new to the conference, Kansas State – Ends up pulling away from UCF in the second half. That was a 44-24 game, so it didn't even look close numbers-wise. Kansas State bouncing back from their loss last week. They, they did, and, and that was a nice win because you know Kansas State had a heartbreaker a week ago at Missouri. And UCF, to their credit, in their Big 12 debut, it was a big deal for the Knights who, like you know Cincinnati, BYU, and Houston, have been waiting two years for this stage. They were competitive. They showed well with a backup quarterback. Remember, John Reese Plumley is still out. Timmy McLean was in. You know, this was a game going into the fourth quarter, but ultimately the physicality of K-State pulled away. And it was good for K-State. They had Will Howard at quarterback. He got banged up against Missouri last week, and there was questions whether or not he was going to play. He performed well and even had a touchdown run in the win. So good win for Kansas State. And i got to imagine that's going to have an impact on the Big 12 power rankings a little bit Our later. power rankings are going to get absolutely blasted again this week. <laughs> I have no idea what to think about this thing, and not the least of which were the results that happened on our next headline. Headline number eight, West Virginia absolutely beating up Texas Tech. I don't know what to think anymore. Neil Brown, I apologize, my friend. We did not think that West Virginia was going to be any good this year, and we thought Texas Tech was going to be better, conversely. And West Virginia gets this win without Garrett Green at quarterback. He he went through warm-ups, and there was maybe a case that he might get in, but still a few weeks away, or not weeks away, but he's still uh, out from uh, returning. Nico Martial comes in, gets a touchdown pass in his first career start, and delivers a big win. And, mm-hmm. you know, headline number nine, Texas Tech, their fans are ready to melt down after a 1-3 and three start, and it's, it's valid because Tyler Shuck, the star quarterback, he suffered a broken fibula, according to reports. He's going to need surgery. He might be out for the year, so 
that leaves Baron Mortens coming in as the backup. So things unraveling after so much preseason hype on Texas Tech. One and three start for the Red Raiders. I mean, they did lose to the first place West Virginia Mountaineers at their <laughs> ho- at their place. So you know, there's there's always that. Uh, <laughs> Iowa State has points on the board. That offense starts to get going here, and uh, Oklahoma State continues their downward spiral. I think the over under in this game was like 38 points, <laughs> and it was be- it was it was people over. Would have taken it, yeah. People would in have the first half, yes. uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State had a had an offensive explosion. Rocco Beck, the, the heralded quarterback, uh, throws for 348, and big win for Iowa State to avoid the seller in headline 11. Oklahoma State, they just might be the worst team in the Big 12. I'm very curious, Alex, to see how maybe that locker room, that all these new faces in there, how they respond going forward because Oklahoma State just looks like maybe they're checking out a little bit. So we'll, oh we'll see how they respond. Uh, maybe the uh, maybe the long-term honeymoon that they've had with Mike Gundy coming to a, a swift close mm-hmm. at some point if he can't figure it out. And then finally, TCU rolling through SMU. It's the 107th playing of that game. It really is the iron skillet game. It is. I mean, this sounds like TCU versus SMU. You order that at a Denny's, I guess, on a Saturday morning. <laughs> that it is. And Sonny Dykes is 4-0 and in these Iron Skillet games. <laughs> Obviously, was at SMU before TCU, and now he's got a 2-0 and start uh, in this Iron Skillet game. It's going to be, you know, a series that comes to an end soon with SMU going to the ACC and then TCU continuing to reside in the Big 12. But uh, good win for T- TCU, and maybe we're, we're not giving them uh, enough credit. I think that week one underwhelming performance was – was not good, but you know I, I think that they've they've quietly done a nice job and suddenly are three and one through the first four weeks. Uh, I cannot wait for the rest of this first and twelve today. Mitch Harper's in Kansas. I'm here in Salt Lake City, a broadcast house, and we are bringing you first and twelve on a Sunday. Glad to have you here with us. You can always download the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Maybe your uh, habit is to listen to this thing on your way in on Monday morning. Whatever it might be, download the podcast. You can go to kslsports.com. You can also download the KSL Sports app and click on the podcast page there as well. Mitch and I are uh, committed to make this thing happen as we get BYU rolling in the Big 12 and then Utah enters the Big 12 next year. you got to get to know the new conference and the newcomers and all that surrounds it. So let's jump into a BYU breakdown on the way back here, Mitch. We'll come back. We'll, uh, I'm going to get your insights on what goes on at a, at a home game in Kansas and how BYU handled the big stage of their first time in the Big 12. Stay with us. It is first and 12 on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone and on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Read all the stories about BYU sports no one else has heard. Go to kslsports.com for exclusive columns by BYU insider Mitch Harper. That's kslsports.com. Put out some columns this week from Lawrence, Kansas. I'm still here in Kansas. Mitch Harper, Alex Carey, host of Unrivaled Weekdays on the KSL Sports Zone. We're together here every Sunday, 10 to noon, here on 1st and 12, giving you the breakdown of BYU and the Big 12 Football Conference here in the league. And, you know, BYU, they fall to the Kansas Jayhawks 38-27 to in this show Brought to you by Macy's Grocery Store. Happy shopping. And, Alex, it's a tough loss for BYU, i, I got to say, because it felt like there was a, a chance, there were some windows there for BYU to, to take ownership of that game, especially at the beginning of the second half. But Kansas, a, a much better team than I think people want to give them credit for as a preseason ninth-place team in the Big 12. So they did what they they also did in Arkansas, right? You cut, They get down early. 
They come back because I think it was also a fourteen to nothing lead. I think right for That's Kansas, right. And, and then and BYU comes back, and then they end up putting things together. They go into the lot. They go into the half up seventeen fourteen, and with the ball coming to them. So you go okay, uh, throw away that uh, ridiculous you know jet sweep fumble scoop and score uh, by Kobe Bryant by uh, Kobe Bryant the second. So I, <laughs> I mean like. I, well, let me ask you this, Mitch. As a, as a Laker fan yourself, <laughs> you had mixed feelings of uh, Kobe Bryant returning a scoop and score on the Cougs, I would imagine. But, you well, know. It's, it's C-O-B-E-E, yeah, so yeah, it's, okay. it's a different. It doesn't have that Mamba mentality, <laughs> well, but he, he was very vicious in that hit. He knocked out Parker Kingston. I that, mean, was a, that was a heck of a hit, almost, I got to say. Almost literally, right? Like, I mean, I, he, he left the game, and he and, and the trainer has the helmet in the hand. That's never a good sign. We'll have to see what the update is on look, him. But you're not got a Parker, major piece there. To I hope Parker's thing. okay, but – I. I got to say, like, I love seeing some hard hitting in football. And I felt like the refs were pretty good about allowing that, that yeah. hard hitting to happen. And maybe that's kind of a, right. a, a standard in the well, Big 12. Well, two years ago, they would have thrown the flag and then tried to figure it out on the replay, right? That's what we did with those helmet-to-helmet right. contacts, or at least wondering if it was the helmet-to-helmet. So I thought the same thing. I went, oh, man, did he get him? And I think BYU fans are going, that's a, that's targeting. But it's like, ah, he got him with that shoulder. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was straight out of the WWE. It looked fake almost, right? That thing was blew out of his hand. So uh, that was flushed by the second half. You go into the second half with the lead and the ball, and you give up another defensive touchdown. And, and I thought that the accuracy that uh, Slovis had in the first half had kind of disappeared a little bit. And Kansas made the adjustments and said, we're not going to let Isaac Rex go loose like he did in the first half. You got the full Keaton Slovis experience, honestly, on Saturday. You, you saw- the longest run of the day was seven yards. Seven yeah. yards. The offensive line, Alex, is underperforming for yet again another season. I mean, they, they did this in stretches last year. They're good in pass protection, and, and they, they have moments where they're great there, especially a guy like Braden Kime, who stepped in at right tackle. He's he's great in pass protection, but like Kilo BTN, not good in run blocking. And BYU's got a real issue at the tackle position. And when Kingsley Suamata'i is getting banged up, it looked like a it was a bruised thigh from what I understand. So he should be good. And he came back at the end of the game. But still, that, that once you lost Waylon Lapuahu, too, at, at the left guard spot, he went out with a left elbow injury. He was in a sling by game's end. BYU has got some real issues at the offensive line. They've severely underperformed. They, they don't look like they explode off the line of scrimmage at all. No one's getting pushed back on these opposing defenses. And, you know, keep in mind, Kansas, their front seven was viewed as kind of underperforming, and they revamped it a lot. Lance Leipold and that crew went into the portal to, to kind of retool things. But uh, that was kind of viewed as maybe the weakness where BYU could attack. And that didn't feel like that was the case at all as Kansas Kansas just looked like the more athletic, quicker team, and BYU had no answers. And L.J. Martin, credit to him for trying to you know get as much as he could. There were some tough yards where that fourth and one in the second quarter where he's basically backing up with his back, looking, leaning over to get it. I mean, there was just no movement up front. And I kind of point the blame there at the offensive line. They have to get better. Maybe they have to change things up again. They already changed ETN. Maybe you go Connor Pay at center. I don't have the answers, but it feels like there needs to be some sort of change because it's not working right now. Jalen Daniels is a good player. I think that they did a lot to bottle him up. I mean, he was super efficient through the air, 14 for 19 for 130 yards and three touchdowns, no picks. So he took care of the ball in that way. They weren't going to give anything away to those uh, to those linebackers or that secondary, but I mean the the big I didn't think he was as flashy. I, I don't I didn't see that guy and go, oh yeah, that's your 
that's your bona fide Big 12 player of the year. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I didn't see the same thing you did, but I, I was kind of watching him the whole time going, okay, is this guy going to be the best guy in the league? And I didn't think that. And then with that, I thought, wow, BYU really could have gotten this guy because maybe he's not uh, the, the, most, the best player in the, in the Big 12 right now. Well, I thought BYU did a nice job with you know time of possession. You know, Kansas's offense was kept off the field quite a bit. I mean, some of that was obviously the the defensive touchdowns, which kept them off the field. But right. you know, I thought that Kansas offense, seeing it in person and seeing how they line up and and their formations, I mean, they throw so much. We knew that coming in, Alex. But it, it was kind of fascinating just to see it live in person. And and at by the second half. There was no there was no pushback from BYU's defense. And I thought Daniels. I mean, there was a third down. He picked it up with his feet. Lance Leipold even said in the post game that they intentionally. He kind of admitted uh, that they held Jalen Daniels back from running the ball in his two previous starts in non conference, with an intention to hold him and unleash him in conference play. And I thought that was evident in the second half. But you're right. I mean, he didn't have a flawless performance, and you wonder how much of that is still the back tightness that he's still dealing with. But I do think that he is a special player. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in this league. Is he the best? I don't know. But I feel like he definitely shined when his team needed him to to pull away, and and they did. I mean, they they had the chance to slam the door on BYU, and they seized that opportunity where, you know, that connection he had with Luke Grimm, who's also been banged up, those are some nice throws that Jalen Daniels was was thrown with, and he didn't have much pressure at all. I mean, BYU had a three-man rush at one point in the first half, and they just got stonewalled. I mean, Jalen Daniels had all the time in the world. I mean, he was just kind of dealing. BYU didn't bring enough heat to make things uneasy for him. Also a critique that people were hoping was going to get better after that Arkansas game. They say, hey, saw some pressure there. Let's see if it gets better by Kansas. They've got a lot to figure out here still. We've got a lot to still break down, so we're going to come back after this. When we take the break, we'll come back, have a little bit more of this breakdown of BYU versus Kansas there in Lawrence. We've got some sound from the podium from Kalani Satake. You'll be able to hear his explanation of their first game on the road in the Big 12 uh, in BYU football history. We will come back. More to go right here. It is First and 12 brought to you by Macy's, uh, your local grocer with the freshest fruits, the vegetables from local farms, your favorite local brands, Macy's. Happy shopping. We'll come back. More to go right here on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone and on KSL News Radio. It's first and 12. The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. All right, welcome back. It is first and twelve right here, ninety-seven five VKSL Sports Zone and KSL News Radio, doubling up because it's so dang good to get you wrapped up on the Big Twelve. I know BYU fans, you're licking your wounds a little bit after the Cougs loss yesterday in Lawrence, thirty-eight to twenty-seven, and uh, the Cougs, of course, giving up fourteen points on defense. I mean, when you start giving up those, when you get a scoop and score to start off the game, not good. But I think BYU fans, Mitch, everybody goes, hey, that's all right. We've seen this happen before. And then they get down 14. They go, hey, we've seen this happen before. And they did the comeback thing. You do learn stuff week to week when you have moments like that. And then Kansas delivered a a couple of haymakers in the second half. They won the second half decidedly. Absolutely blew up BYU in the second half. And they started to roll on offense. And so many things went the way of, uh, of Kansas. 
And we've got more to jump into here. Before we get into Kalani's comments, was I mean, how was it atmosphere-wise? Like, in terms of a stadium, because everybody from what we've heard is, yeah, this is not the Kansas that we've seen in decades past. They are into this, you know? Mark Mangino was a little bit of a of a of a flash in the pan, you know. Obviously, there feels like there's more consistency here with Lance Leipold and his team. Leipold's a heck of a coach. It, it, there was a Mark Mangino poster outside the stadium on on the stadium facade. I was like, what an absolute unit! Oh man, Mark Mangino, just pure masculinity. I love five, that man. Five um, seven, five seven, four bills. Put that guy in the yeah. middle. Let's go. <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, you know, but I thought the you know the crowd it was you know a sellout. Tickets sold, but there were still some empty seats scattered throughout the stadium. I thought Kansas fans though were pretty loud. Uh, they, there were some stretches there where they got it rocking, but it, it's clear that venue needs an update clearly, and they're going to get mm. that in 2025. But it's a it's an old stadium. I mean, it's it's the seventh oldest stadium in college football. I didn't realize that uh, until I was you know doing my research for this game. Oldest stadium west of the Mississippi. Hmm. Uh, so it's kind of it's it's kind of a relic of a stadium, and it kind of felt like that a little bit. But press box was nice. I, I thought the but the crowd it was uh, it was just again weird to think. BYU, Kansas, undefeated, and they're in the Big 12. And it was just, like, tell yourself that two years ago when Leipold <laughs> first took the job and BYU was, you know, just doing its thing as an independent. And I think right now, too, Alec, before we get to Kalani, we do need to remind Cougar fans, hey, just because you got one loss now doesn't mean you're instantly guaranteed to go to some toilet bowl selected by ESPN. You're still in a conference, and you can still get hot and maybe go to a decent bowl game That's against exactly a Power right. 5 team. Not all is lost after just one loss. Yeah, the level of depression people would hit after one and then two <laughs> losses. If it, When it got to two, people were like, well, it's definitely over now. Call That's Grandma. Right. We're not coming to New York. <laughs> Call Grandma. We're not, we're not, heading, we're not heading to... We're not doing anything cool this year, I guess. Jeez. (laughs) Sorry. We got to show up. Uh, Here's what uh, Kalani said after the game. Lots of disappointment, obviously, and especially when there are mistakes that lead to immediate scores. Uh, That's something that you just just absolutely bang your head against the lockers with. And here's what Kalani said after the game. We give a lot of credit to Kansas, what they're doing defensively and what they've done offensively to, to get the win. Obviously, the thing that stands out the most is Whenever you give a, give up turnovers like that and you don't get them yourself, and it's tough to win games, let alone only lose by what eleven points or so. So, uh, uh, and it's tough to turn the ball over, but then have it be scores on the other side. So, I believe it's a fumble return for a touchdown and a pick six that cost us. And we had another um, interception when we, uh, I think we crossed midfield at that point. So. Um, uh, Got to take care of the football better. We had uh, another ball on the ground, and, and, and it's just as simple as ball security. Got to do better than that, and, that, and that's my job as a coach to get us ready for that. And, uh, we had some mistakes that, that happened on, on all three phases. It wasn't just one side, but uh, you can't give a, a team like Kansas that many opportunities and that many uh, freebies in terms of what we can control. So speaking of what we can control is to get on to the next one, learn from this, get better. Uh, I, I'm, I'm proud of the guy's effort and uh, the fight in the game. Uh, obviously, uh, we had our moments and uh, just need to put it together consistently for 60, 60 minutes. The face decided to drop guys. Yeah, well, I mean, he scrambled the first. Is that one that you talk about? Yeah. Scrambled the first down. Yeah, uh, two two choices are to bring more pressure and, and uh, but you know, I, I don't, I don't, I think we're planning on on Jalen getting rid of the ball in the timing route, and he didn't do it. Instead, he he tucked it and ran and got the first down. And, 
That's game of football. I mean, sometimes you're going to bring a lot of heat. Sometimes you drop eight, and, and if you have a really good quarterback like Jalen does, and then he he makes you pay for it. So uh, I'll let Jake explain that one. But that's that's I've done that before too, so it's okay. I, I, um, we just needed the stops when it counted. That was one play where you needed that ball back, and um, yeah, there's 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 enough mistakes to go around. That, that and I, I don't know if that was the one, but it was a key point. We just. With everything that's happened, you know, we we uh, looking at the yards and the plays and everything like that. This is kind of like the flip side. How how do they win by the, that that score? Is because we spotted them some points and didn't take care of the football and, and didn't get off the field enough. So, um, but credit to, to Kansas, that's a, a really talented team, and we, I've been saying that all week. And I, I really like uh, Lance Leipold. I think he's a, he's an amazing coach and. He's done a great job with this program, and, and you can see that they play hard. We, we can see it on film, and we felt that today. And, and we have some guys that are banged up, and I think they do too. And that's once you get in the conference play, that's going to be the name of the game. We, we had to dip into our, our depth a little bit, and we might have to for next week. But I, I don't know. No, nobody, from what I know, nobody's out for this season yet. So we'll, we'll hopefully get those guys back. But until then, we just we got to depend on the guys that we have that are fresh and ready to roll. Yeah, if I had the answer for that, I would tell you guys. Maybe you guys can let me know. But uh, it, it, it's probably a combination of just getting the guys' confidence back. And then, you know, I, I think a lot of teams are trying to take the run away from us, which is fine. If they do that, we got to make them pay, and that's, that's throw the ball in the air. And, and when you throw the ball in the air, you got to take care of the football. You can't, you can't uh, throw interceptions and, and can't take sacks. And I thought Kansas' game, game plan was to take the run away, and they, they did that. And then... Uh, try to make big plays on on defense with sacks and interceptions, and um, you know they, they got that early fumble return for a touchdown. Big plays by them. We didn't make enough plays to, to counter it, and um, that's the game of football that happens. And I got to do a better job and make sure our guys are are on the better side of things that we would have been better positioned to have success. Mitch, uh, there's Kalani Sataki from the podium. You heard Jay Drew from the Deseret News. So what's going on? What's your problem with the run game? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, you tell you tell me. Maybe you guys can put it in writing, and I can implement some stuff here. Hey, maybe Jay should have just taken the the cues from the previous reporter asking, inserting his opinions in the question. Oh, no. I, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what Columbia, maybe that's what we minute, need to do. Give me a six minute uh, question. That's all yeah. we wanted at the podium. So yeah, that, that's, uh, that's what we need. So as we started to, I mean, the breakdown, all the things that every one of us saw that was difficult to go through the game. Hey, guess what? Kalani saw all those things. And uh, it's on to the next. I think the best news out about uh, uh, about this whole thing was the injuries uh, are going to not necessarily be the season-ending ones, but you're still getting banged up already in the first game of conference play. It's going to be a long season. You hope. I mean, Kalani's been notorious for saying, yeah, it's precautionary, and then they're done for the year. <laughs> I mean, so uh, you hope that's the case. And Keenan Slovis, he had his foot stepped on late. He said he was okay. Uh, he was walking gingerly at yeah. the end of the game. He took a shot uh, on that pick, too, and it looked – and it, it was, he, was, he, was, he was sore the rest of the afternoon, I think, tough. after a couple of those hits. Tough game for BYU as they fall again, 38-27. to More recap on, on kslsports.com and the KSL Sports app. we got to get to a break, though. Uh, we'll get toward the Big 12 featured game of the week outside of the BYU contest. So we'll get to that, of course, coming up as well. Power rankings. Who, who, how do we have it shaking out 1-14? to 14. There is a lot of movement. Bloodbath. It's first and 12. Mitch Harper, Alex Carey here on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. So. 
Read all the stories about BYU sports no one else has heard. Go to kslsports.com for exclusive columns by BYU insider Mitch Harper. That's kslsports.com. It was a busy week in week four of Big 12 football action. This is first and 12, Mitch Harper. Alex, here you can hear Alex every single day on Unrivaled, 3-7 to seven on the KSL Sports Zone. I'm holding it down on Cougar Nation and Cougar Sports Saturday oh, you on guys KSL are gonna, News Radio. You guys can take phone calls tomorrow night. That's we do. And first loss. First time after a loss. Woo. So I expect the phone lines to be on fire by Cougar Nation. So that'll be 6-7 to seven tomorrow, uh, taking your phone calls. But around the Big 12 Conference, we always look at a kind of featured game. And, and this week we look at Oklahoma-Cincinnati in large part because, not necessarily the final score, but it was Cincinnati's debut. Big 12 homecoming was taking place. Britt Yormark was in town at the NIP. And Oklahoma uh, continues to show that they're, they're due for a bounce back in year two under Brett Venables. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that uh, I don't know what to expect from this game because Cincinnati's been putting up a little bit of a fight, and they, they showed that they're a little bit more athletic. Dylan Gabriel uh, is – kind of this guy that you saw over the first few games where you're going, well, they're going to put up 60 against everybody. And that's what it kind of felt like. But in the end, I think Cincinnati fought hard. Cincinnati has had a good defense for a minute, right? I mean, so you knew they were going to come and be a little bit more difficult to handle on the defensive side of things. But Oklahoma says, well, we also have a pretty darn good defense. And in the end, 20-6 to six is not a score I would have thought of. I'm, I'm certain that's the under uh, on that game because people were just expecting – for you know, Dylan Gabriel to put up four touchdowns. He had the 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 yardage right, three twenty two, but had just the one touchdown. Uh, and it was not a blow up of offensive proportions for Oklahoma. They only had three hundred twenty two yards of passing and then one hundred on the ground. And so you're just over that four hundred yard mark. They're used to getting you know an, an extra two hundred on top of that. It seems like over the first two games. But uh, credit to Cincinnati for. Uh, really showing up and punching Oklahoma in the mouth because they have to get used to this, you know, week in and week out. And Emory Jones uh, looked very, very gettable this game, right? I mean, he ends up throwing the two picks, and uh, it, it wasn't pretty for them, but they, you know, can't end up getting in the end zone, and, and, and that's what ended up doing it for him. But once again, another newbie to the conference goes 0 1 in uh, conference play. I loved in the. After the game, the Oklahoma players started cracking open Skyline chili cans Come and on. sipping it. I was like, I was like, uh, I don't know if I would chug chili. <laughs> right. Would you, Alex? Would you start chugging hey, listen, Skyline chili? Listen, when I was in college, I got pretty desperate for stuff. All right, and chili <laughs> out of a can was one of those things that somebody. But this feels like a one of these moments where like we're trying to feel out how to make fun of you guys. How are we supposed to, you know, the new <laughs> guys point. in the conference? It's like, okay, I don't know. How do we how do we clam on these guys? Get after their chili. <laughs> oh, busted. Some guys got like a some guys got a handful of uh, spaghetti that he could put the chili on top of in the I don't know where they were going with that. I thought the same thing. I go, "Well, that's a weird flex to be like we're clowning these guys because they're clowning their chili." But whatever. It was fun. I was actually kind of excited that Oklahoma actually had some excitement for the win because I would have thought, "Oh, we have to go into this Cracker Jack, you know, stadium. We got we're getting ready for the SEC. This is typical Big Twelve throwing us into right. Cincinnati. They, they, this was a good win for Oklahoma, and I think they've exceeded uh, my expectations for them. I, I honestly wasn't very high on the Sooners. I thought they would be kind of a middle of the road team again in the league, but they're doing a lot better job. And I, I feel it was a little bit of bend but don't break. And we'll get to some of that sound from Brent Venables coming up in uh, a little bit later in hour number two. 
But, you know, I think that they're kind of buying into his identity defensively. And a couple weeks, man, that that Texas State Fair between the Sooners and the Longhorns, this could be one of the biggest Oklahoma-Texas games. I mean, it's already going to be big because it's the last in the Big 12, but that's going to be a huge stage for both of those teams. And and I think also, too, Cincinnati, I was – I was pleasantly surprised with what they did. Emory Jones is who he is, as you noted, two interceptions today, no touchdowns. But uh, that defense does carry, and I think for a game like next week against BYU, who's got some real issues on the ground, if you make BYU one-dimensional, Cincinnati can kind of muck up that game and and make it a low-scoring affair to where maybe they they spring an upset or or maybe they're the favorite. So uh, I think Cincinnati's a little bit further ahead than I was expecting through four games in the Scott Satterfield year one era. Uh, I'm looking at this thing. So everybody, everybody's got a con- – so right now all the new teams, Houston 0-1 in conference, Cincinnati 0-1 mm-hmm. in conference, Central Florida 0-1 in conference, and uh, and then you got – Terry Mahajer's going to be mad at you, Alex. <laughs> He's going to be coming going, why are you calling it Central Florida? Oh, crap. Call Brigham Young University? Sorry. Yes, we do. Terry uh, Mahajer, man, he's coming for you if you no, keep saying that. Mahajer's like, oh, no, 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 I, it's fine. It's fine for you new guys. <laughs> and you're like, geez. Their athletic director is the most – he's the most aggressive on the branding of any person I've ever met. I thought I was going to get slapped at Big 12 Media Day. Uh, <laughs> but everybody, including UCF, is – I put that in in post. <laughs> UCF. So <laughs> all, the, all the newbies are 0-1. Which is, I think BYU fans should go. Okay, look, we're not the only ones. That just, mm-hmm. And even if there was one team that had won their first day, their debut game in conference, you would probably have been like, ah, oh, shoot, BYU couldn't get it done. At least you have that. All the newbies got punched in the mouth this week, and they have to come out. Everybody's gonna be looking for their first win in conference at Big Twelve so far. So that's that's it, at least a fun one to follow. It is. And think about when these two, these four teams, excuse me, were invited two years ago. There was a lot of talk that. Yeah, BYU, Cincinnati, you know, in the pursuit of a playoff, they were going to step into the Big 12 and maybe be some of the best teams. That was some of the, the narrative a little bit. And I think some of these legacy members in the Big 12 have said, yeah, not, that's not happening. And I think there was a – got to imagine there was a little bit of a point of emphasis to say, like, let these new guys know what they're walking into. I, I think BYU got a, a heavy dose of not necessarily reality because they knew it was going to be tough, but I just think that – they realize, man, if, if Kansas is supposedly the ninth best team in this league, and the, the talent that they had, and you know Oklahoma was a six and seven team last right. year, and they pretty much ran it all back. I mean, there's good teams in this league, and it's just kind of a week in, week out grind that you know teams like the, the, these newcomers they are not used to. They're just not, and BYU a little bit more so than the others, but. Uh, it truly is a grind in this league, and it, the the climb to try to get to the top is maybe a little bit steeper than maybe anyone envisioned coming into year one. I think maybe there's a thing I have in my head where I am sliding UCF because I made it a 44-24 game when I talked about it earlier, but they punched in that last touchdown. It was actually 44-31. So Terry Mahajer and UCF, my apologies. <laughs> uh, go Golden Knights. Isn't that what they are, the Golden Knights? I'm just I think kidding. they're just knights. Well, UCF oh, knights. It's just the knights. Okay. Well, uh, they've got that one guy running around, so good for them. And uh, <laughs> nitro, <laughs> nitro is going to be there. Everybody's own. Everybody's over right now. The newbies. All right. We'll uh, take another break here. We'll jump out and we will come back. 
And hour number two is so much fun. You know why we kick everything off, Mitch, with our Big 12 power rankings. Yes. I thought last week, you know, we had to really shake it up, and I felt bad for a lot of those teams. This week, an absolute bloodbath, and I am unapologetic (laughs) about it. Okay, so let's come back, get to our Big 12 power ranking that's all around the corner here on First and 12 on KSL News Radio and heard on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone every Sunday. Thanks for being with us. Mitch Harper, Alex Keery. We'll be right back. More to go. Stay with us.